0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The Village Maestro and a 100 Other Stories is a book of
1: parables written by Dr. Vargas Mathai. He is an English professor at a university near Chicago. Today he will talk about his faith in Jesus Christ. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus name. On today's show, we have a live interview with Dr. Vargas Mathai, who is a professor of English at a university near Chicago, Illinois, but he is a India national who is in America, uh, and he has written an important book about interreligious dialogue between people of all different religions. And he begins with short stories that he has written that bear a striking resemblance to some of the parables that Jesus taught. So welcome to the show via Skype from Chicago, Dr. Vargas Mathai. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you, sir. Thank you, doctor. It is such a nice honor to meet you. And uh, tell me about your book and hold up a copy there. Uh, This is called, what is the title?
2: This is my book. This is a collection of parables. Originally, uh, its title was intended to be uh, A Century of Parables, but then I was uh, talked into changing the title to The Village Maestro, which is a lead story in the book, and then uh, 100 other stories Uh, These are stories taken, constructed out of material from history, literature, philosophy, world events, personal events, anecdotes, uh, historically striking uh, facts, etc. Each story leading to a spiritual principle in the scriptures. And it'll be very easy to connect these stories to uh, a scriptural passage uh, or a topic. Uh
1: So I'm thinking historically in world literature, there are other books like this, like Aesop's Fables or The Brothers Grimm, or, you know, these stories for children, is this geared toward children or toward adults? No, this is more for a universal audience.
2: Somebody with advanced education would find it uh, respectably substantial. So also will a child enjoy the stories. Uh, a middle school kid or uh, an, av- uh, uh, the, an average uh, layperson uh, should be able to grasp uh, to everything in the story. There is nothing that is abstruse or uh,
1: difficult to grasp. Okay, so you can put the book down, but I want to ask you about it. Now, okay. why did you write this book and how long did it take and when was it published? Well,
2: the story has an interesting genesis. So when I was a young college graduate, actually a fresh PhD from Bailey University, I started teaching at uh, Leterno University. And uh, as part of my uh, orientation, uh, the department chair told me that I could pass uh, sign-up sheets for students to bring their devotions to the classes. And I had no idea coming from uh, a different context altogether, what this devotions was. Of course, I knew the word, but I don't know why anyone should sign up for it. But my vanity then at that time prevented me from asking uh, what that was, and i I thought I would find out the following morning when I went back went to the the class. And so, as I went to the class, I passed the sheet around and said, uh, the chair told me that you're going to sign up, taking turns for the, the devotions and they were not surprised at all so about 12 students signed up so i called the first guy the following day and he stepped forward to the lectern and mumbled something for less than 30 seconds uh, cocked his hat and when went back to his seat and i dropped my jaw in dismay I, I had no idea what was happening so i was naive enough to ask this fellow uh, so that was devotions and he said yep And, uh, okay, Uh, so I called the next guy the following day, and he came and did the same thing that the other man did. Uh, And so this time I didn't ask for any comments or, you know, I didn't follow up. And the third day came, that guy for the day was not prepared, he said. And I thought, my goodness, the other two were prepared the previous days and see what I got. So... (laughs) <laughs> I was not being sarcastic or spiteful, you know. I, I it was plain dismay. Yeah. And so, the third day, the man said he was he was sorry that he wasn't prepared. All right. So I, as the fourth one, if he by chance could be prepared, and he said no. Then I said, okay, let's do this. Hereafter, why not I do this every day? Now, now that now that I know what you're doing, you're you are. Taking a minute of spiritual reflection in a class, maybe call it prayer time or whatever, uh, is that correct? And they all nodded in a you know in assent. And so uh, the, the the next day onwards, whenever when I was heading toward my class, I would be thinking about some. Some important spiritual principles, some scriptural truth, something that I've been. I had, I have no, I had no lack of uh, supply of material in my mental stream. So sometimes, up to, until I enter the class door, I would not know what I'm going to going to become. Speaking on all of a sudden, something would pop up, and I would connect it to a scriptural context and uh, uh, give them the story. And the first two three days. They just didn't know what was happening, except that I was giving them a story and there was a kind of an aha moment in it and they began, they seemed to like it. Uh, Within a week or so, there was a strong expectation that I would deliver a story before, uh, before starting the class. And if I miss the, if they miss the story one day, they would come to my office asking for what that story, what the story of the previous day was. And then eventually they said, well, "Do us a favor, would you put it all together in in a volume so we can purchase them?" And uh, I gave them a promise that I would do that. But um, it took a while for me to uh, come together with this collection. Actually, several publishers have. Uh, in the in the, in the last few years, uh, ha- had accepted uh, the manuscript in total without any change whatsoever, <laughs> and uh, but the conditions were not always favorable, so I just let them go. Uh, but right now, I have a world-class publisher from uh, Cambridge, UK, a brilliant man himself, uh, a great academic and a, a great distinguished speaker and a BBC journalist, and and so on brilliant corporate consultant too. Uh, uh, now it is his, uh, his uh, publishing house that has taken up the buck.
1: Well, I am so pleased to uh, be able to help you promote it because it has mm-hmm. principles of the gospel in the teachings of Jesus. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I will ask uh, Dr. Vargas Mathai about some of the stories in the book after this.
3: Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell and I'm excited to bring you my biggest bedding sale ever just in time for Christmas. Get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. We even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All at the biggest discounts ever. I know my bedding products are perfect for you, and I'm extending my money back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products including my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as 29.98. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell and I'm excited to announce my original my slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not gonna find in any other slippers my slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable extremely durable and they help reduce stress on your feet wear them anytime anywhere so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code to save $90 on my original my slippers or for as low as $19.98 you can get our sandals or slides quantities won't last long and with my 60-day money-back guarantee you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own
0: Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Vargas Mathai, via Skype from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Dr. Mathai, you're originally from India, and the the last name Mathai actually means Matthew, like one of the four Disciples who wrote the Gospel of Matthew and traveled from Jerusalem to India. He was the first missionary to India. Matthew? Uh, the, yeah, no, the
2: first
1: no, that was Christian. Thomas. Oh, oh, I'm confused. Uh, Tell me about Thomas. Matthew. Yeah, yeah.
2: And we're we're generally collectively called Saint Thomas Christians. Uh, there is there is a uh, a state in India that is uh, uh, st- strongly Christian. Christians are not the majority, but they. They amount to well over 10 million. And, uh, and they are well-established people. Uh, they belong to the upper caste, the Brahmin caste. So they have been uh, well-anchored in the Indian society. Uh, they never had any persecution. They had all the social privileges. They, they're they wealthy people in general, well-to-do. Uh, they run all the most of the colleges and hospitals and industrial estates and so on. Uh, so that community has been in existence for 20 centuries and uh, in the last 100 years, a great many of them have become strongly evangelical and uh, they have in turn become uh, pioneers uh, with the gospel going all over the world, definitely completely covering the uh, Indian subcontinent
1: and its uh, surroundings. So Christianity is very popular in Southern India. But you are having dialogue and inter-religious discussions with people in Northern India who are typically uh, very Hindu or Muslim, uh, if you go to the West. Uh, How does your book and your parables uh, help you when you're engaging in dialogue with people of other religions?
2: If I have an audience, let us say of 50 people, 100 people or so, Nobody would ever protest hearing a story at the start of a presentation and that would be the case with this with the the classroom also uh, or in any public speaking forum. I don't tell them a story just for the sake of telling a story. There's a story coming with some kind of a point of compulsion and I would take that point and then uh, provide them the story. Now I, I started by saying that I Uh, you know, my uh, story career, so to speak, started at Letourneau, but it has continued. I have taught at five different colleges in America, and I have not, you know, I've taught at uh, secular colleges, uh, uh, non-religious, you know, secular colleges, uh, state colleges, uh, Christian colleges, all these places. Nowhere did I have to change the strategy. People said if you talk about spiritual things, well, you would be dismissed from your, the, your position or there would be protests and so on. I'm yet to experience any kind of protest anywhere uh, because the, the story have, stories have defended me well. I'm not saying that it would not happen, but so far it has been a welcome piece in my career. It is actually a signature class opener.
1: I like that. And, and it engages the audience in words that they can digest and they can respect and they listen to you. And then it gives you an opportunity to to say what? What is the other message that you wish you could say? I, I,
2: I would take a creation and lead lead the audience to the creator. And I have to do that within two or three minutes because that's all the time I'm bargaining for. They cannot say that I'm eating up all the class time giving them private morality lessons. So uh, uh, that's how it has been presented. I have had no trouble uh, making them accept that. In fact, they have been extremely happy. And many students after they have left uh, the individual campuses where I've worked, uh, have a uh, call back for det- call, you know for details of the stories or permission to use one of the story uh, stories or uh, uh, or just just to integrate this in their uh, presentations of writings or whatever so it
1: has happened ha- has happened many times so today you are not in a classroom and you have no restrictions we want to hear mm-hmm. about your faith um, Tell me about your encounter with the Gospel. Are you an evangelical Christian, and why? Yes, I am uh, I was born as you already
2: uh, as you already found out you know that I'm a St Thomas Christian, which means we are uh traditionally a very liturgical faith uh that has come down through centuries through uh doctrines of uh, the church that are rigid and unchanging uh, Uh, It it stayed that way uh, with uh, the church services and uh, church uh, um, festivals and uh, and the feast days of saints and so on. We were uh, not very different at all from the Greek Orthodox Church or the Ethiopian uh, Coptic Church or uh, uh, the Egyptian Coptic Church or a russian orthodox church any of them uh, in fact uh, our patriarchs and bishops were uh in uh, regular communion with all of those churches and all of the orthodox churches all over the world uh, and i wouldn't bore tire you with history but you know the famous incident uh 1498 vasco da gama coming to uh, coming to india to kerala actually and he brought uh, catholicism uh, with the blessing of the King of uh, <clears throat> the King of Portugal, and uh, Catholicism practically invaded uh, uh, Kerala Christianity. Today, more than one half of uh, the Christian population uh, is Catholic. But then, with the coming of the British, we have had uh, Uh, what's called the CMS mission and the Basel mission, which is a German mission. These two missions introduced the gospel uh, marginally with uh, the traditional church practices. And eventually the the, the gospel grew. uh, And uh, many of the uh, St. Thomas Christians uh, became missionaries in turn. And they began to cover... Uh, the neighboring states of India and beyond.
1: That's a and, wonderful uh, history. We need to take a short break. When we sure. come back, I'll ask Dr. Varghese Mathai to simply tell some stories. You're gonna love it.
0: Giving you a megaphone in Washington, DC. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the garden of Gethsemane. Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25, exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. That's gatewayprayergarden.org.
4: Do you have Muslim friends or neighbors living in America? We want to give them Bibles in their native language, and you can help. We're making a free offer to you, the viewing audience, to help give away free Bibles to Muslims. If you want us to send a copy of the New Testament for yourself or a friend in any of the following languages, we would love to send it to you free of charge. We've got an Arabic New Testament available, Farsi New Testament, Turkish New Testament, the Kurdish New Testament in Kurmanji, the Kurdish New Testament in Sorani, and the Dari Gospel of John. All you need to do is contact our office by phone, 719-574-5900. Again, that's 719-574-5900. Or send an email request to hope at vopg.org. Again, that's hope, H-O-P-E, at vopg.org. And we'll process your request right away. God bless you.
0: Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dr. Vargas Mathai, live via Mm -hmm. Skype from Chicago. Doctor, hold up your book again and tell us about The Village Maestro. This is one of over a hundred stories that you have written, short stories that inspire people with parables about faith. Uh, Can you tell one of your stories? I certainly can. This is the book, uh, the
2: collection, uh, the average length of the story is one is one to one and a half pages. There are some with two two, uh, two pages. but most of there are some that are less than a page. Uh, all written with uh, the consciousness that uh, I don't have uh, unending patience of my audience. So it is written in such a way that he that runs will, he that reads will run with it, or he that runs will be able to read it. Well, we Either have five
1: way. minutes left. So how many stories can you tell?
2: Um, well, I think I'll, I'll try one. This would be a <laughs> okay. simple one. I can probably do two. Um, uh, depends on whether I'm reading or telling.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: I, I'm,
1: well, just I'm tell us, just tell us off, off of your mind, as you would in a okay. classroom. All right.
2: <clears throat> Belize used to be a very poor country in Central America. Um, the entire budget of the country in the 1980s was less than uh, three quarters of a billion. That is not much money for a nation. Now, uh, there's hardly anything attracting tourists there. So but still, people would go there just for the sake of the simple uh, nature that the state presented. Now, there was an American lady that took a fancy to the place, and she thought there was a great cause for her uh, to <clears throat> uh, to um, uh, to fight for, and that was the uh, re re a rehabbing of the iguana population there. And so to support herself, she uh, constructed a little uh, restaurant and uh, tourists would drop in every now and then, and she would make enough money for her living there. Right behind the building of the restaurant, there was a, a fairly fairly large clearing. And uh, there was uh, one huge tree with a massive trunk standing there. And it had a shingle hanging on it. And it said, poison tree in two lines on the shingle. Now, this was uh, something like poison ivy. Uh, the, the, the tree, if you touch the uh, trunk of it, the skin of it anywhere, your, your skin would flare up. But then 50 yards from that place, there was another massive tree and on it was there another shingle hanging. It said, medicine tree. And what happens is if somebody got stung by this tree on this uh, poison tree, he could go to the other tree and grab a handful of the tender leaves of the medicine tree, crush it, and apply it on on the affected part of the skin. And all of a sudden, The sting is undone, and you're well again. I saw this, and I thought, my goodness, what greater spiritual lesson need be there. There, This entire universe is filled with maladies and remedies. Wherever there is a malady, it is bad news, but it is not without a remedy. And then I thought, Isn't this what the book of Genesis is telling us? All human misery started with the abuse of a tree and you leave the fruit of that tree and go to the tree of life which Christ is and says, here I come, I'm the living tree. You come to my fruit and you take it, you re-enter your own spiritual Eden. You think about
1: it. it oh, that is beautiful. I I can see, and this is probably a true story of, of someone in, in Belize yes, who had a yes. restaurant. I
2: was watching a documentary and I got this.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh. And you lead people to the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. I am so... Uh-huh. I am so pleased with this. We have just one minute left and I I don't wanna uh, lose the story, but hold up the book and tell people where they can read more of these stories. The Village Maestro and 100 Other Short Stories. This is from an English professor uh, Mm -hmm. and you can find this at his website. How do you spell the website? It's Lex Mathai
2: lexmathide.gumroad.com. .gumroad, gumroad.com, uh, I'll just add a footnote that this is only a hundred. I have several hundreds of stories. They are, they just, they're just waiting, awaiting, uh, you, know, uh, you know, writing and
1: presentation. Amen. And, Can I say a prayer with our audience, please? Let us please. pray. Father in heaven, I ask your blessing on Dr. Vargas Mathai and his presentation of the gospel in such a colorful and unique way to people of all diverse religions who can come and eat from the tree of life. And Jesus, Mm -hmm. you are the tree of life and we choose you today and we ask you into our hearts to be our savior, to be our Lord and to uh, win souls to life so that all of the melodies can be cured with the remedy, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father I pray your blessing on this man of God and his uh teaching and his interview and this the the promotion of this book in Jesus name amen amen amen
2: Dr Chaps, thank you so much for your support and affirmation
1: sir yes sir thank you our guest has been in the Dr name of Vargas is people Ran yeah yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit. We need your donations, large or small. Please call us toll free at 866 obey God. If we can serve you or pray for you, it's free. 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. We'll see you next mm-hmm. time. We have a brand new action alert for the activist members of our TV audience. And we want you to take action today to stop the religious purge of Christians from the military. You mean they're kicking out Christians? Yes, by the thousands right now because religious exemption waivers are being denied by especially the Air Force. And we've seen recent headlines how Air Force Academy cadets are being kicked out and forced to repay hundreds of thousands of dollars in back scholarship money, this is just wrong. We are standing for the religious freedom of the cadets. We're asking you to call the secretary of defense office. He is Lloyd Austin and he wrote the policy saying that religious exemptions will be granted on a case by case basis. Then why are almost zero exemption waivers being granted? We need you to take action today by calling the secretary of defense office and we have his phone number. Get your pen ready to write down this phone number. We want you to call and say, please protect religious freedom. Don't purge the Christians out of the military. Here's that phone number. We want you to dial 703-692-7100. Again, that's 703-692-7100. Call the secretary of defense office and then call us for a free religious freedom sticker at 866 God. press option three, take action today.